0: Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It's a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, bowersockteam.com. She is your Longhorn lender. Let Aaron do for you what she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move to Georgetown. Craig has nothing but good things to say about the way the home loan process went. It can go easy for you to just go to bowersockteam.com. Aaron Bowersock, she is your Longhorn lender. Didn't want to get the one thing real quick on the Specs text line, though. I love the Specs text line when I'm by myself because it just kind of goes wheels off. Jeff Mudd, we were talking about, you know, who gets to claim who, and the whole Jalen Hurts, Spencer Rattler discussion, and we kind of went down a rabbit hole on that. And there's some really good nuanced points people make about grad transfers and whatnot, and if somebody graduated from a school, but you want to claim them, whatever. But this is the one that really stood out to me. So Jeff Mudd said, what about Ron Mexico, who polished off his playing career in his 40s at Texas? First off, that was Ron McKelvey. Cam, do you know uh, about the legend of Ron Mexico? No. No. You don't know. See, I
1: need I need to learn this now.
0: See, folks, this is why uh, I, I like the youngsters coming in to do radio with me, so that way I can educate them on the greatness of good bits that were alive and well during my youth. Ron Mexico was an alias that Michael Vick used back in the day. And this was in April of 2005, a report on the smoking gun, which I think I referenced the smoking gun in An Inconceivable recently, and I was like, wow, it's good to know that they're still publishing content after all this time, um, Michael Vick allegedly uh, had intercourse with a woman and gave her herpes. And in a lawsuit, one of the things that came out in the lawsuit was that Michael Vick used the pseudonym Ron Mexico to avoid, you know, like you check into hotels, you use an alias Michael Vick used the alias Ron Mexico. And the only reason people knew that, again, was because he was sued for allegedly, allegedly transmitting herpes. So Mm. there you go. And yes, Cam, I did attempt to go to NFLshop.com or whatever the NFL shop was and get myself an Atlanta Falcons Ron Mexico jersey. But I was not in time. They shut that down in very, very short order.
1: I'd be more disappointed if you didn't try that. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a great jersey, Ron Mexico. Apparently,
0: uh, this is true. Apparently, NFL.com found a guy who legitimately his name was Ron Mexico and asked him if he wanted an Atlanta Falcons Ron Mexico jersey, number seven. And he said he did not. I would have said I wanted it. Can you imagine what you would have gotten for that on the open market?
1: You could have had like a fake Vic signature on it and, and sold it. On, on eBay.
0: Forget the signature. You're the only guy with the Ron Mexico jersey. Somebody that really wanted a Ron Mexico jersey. It's like you're a Saints fan and you just want to wear it in the Superdome when the Falcons come in just to give Michael Vick hell. That was, somebody would have coughed up top dollar for that. So, yes, Cam, now you know about the legend. Thank you for <laughs> that. Ron Mexico. And as Joe Number 2 says as we get off the subject, it's the gift that keeps on giving. That it does, Joe. That does. All right, let's talk a little Texas football. Uh, Cam, anything else that we uh, we want to get to uh, in terms of, uh, did you say there was a cut on the receivers right there that we had? We'll I believe so. Audio yesterday. Let's go ahead and play that just because Isaiah Nair was back at practice yesterday. They're limiting his reps, but Jontae Cook has had a really good start to spring ball. DeAndre Moore had a little bit of an ankle nick at some point that first week, but he's practicing with no restrictions. AD Mitchell's out there full go. Uh, Xavier Worthy, again, two fully functional hands. Jordan Whittington's back. So, again, this wide receiver core has a chance to be, I think – the best wide receiver core in the Big 12, and it's got a chance to be one of the better wide receiver groups in the country. I can't put it there yet just because of the issues we saw at that position last year and how much Sark has talked about throughout the offseason, really going back to late last season about the need to improve the passing game in 2023. But uh, here's a little bit from Sark yesterday after practice on the wide receivers.
2: Well, I think the one thing you notice with both of them, they have both have been really well coached, um, whether it's fundamentals and techniques. Uh, or even scheme uh, that they've been around a lot of football. Um, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's completely foreign to them, um, and then it's allowed them to play fast, right? And and they haven't been perfect. I mean, there there's still errors that occur, and that, believe me, and I and that they're going to have errors. You know, it's the practice four of spring ball of their first spring practice of their career here, but their ability to kind of um, digest systematically and fundamentally and techniques and what we're trying to do and then apply it in practice for true freshmen has been pretty impressive because that i mean worthy was yes that way the same thing though like we touched on earlier these guys are here now xavier didn't show up until the summer right so they've got a little bit of a head start so hopefully they can they can keep leaning into that and have an impact on the team
0: so, yeah, that was Sark talking about DeAndre Moore and Jontae Cook. Cam, I'll make it producer's choice for the last cut of the Longhorn Notebook. You pick one. Anything that we haven't played yet that you think the listening audience should hear from Sark yesterday?
1: Well, you mentioned the question you poised to me was which three guys who have returned back to practice were you most excited for? We talked about Malik Murphy. We talked about Isaiah Nair. We didn't really talk about Jonathan Brooks.
2: Right. I thought Jonathan looked good today. Uh, good today. You know, first day back. Um, obviously, you know, coming off the surgery in the offseason, um, he looks strong. Um, you can see it feel like his body's changing. Um, definitely a confident player. He's going into year three. Um, and that, that, again, that that's a positive thing. That, that room has got great competition as well. You know, we don't have Keelan out there yet. Um, but to have Keelan and Jonathan and Blue and – Cedric Baxter, Savion Red. I mean, that that, that room's going to be solid. And we know there's going to be, you know, a new face or two or whatever it looks like compared to what it looked like a year ago. So to have Jonathan back is is a real positive for us.
0: I'm excited to see that room develop just because I I like, you know, just watching C.J. Baxter run around. It looks great on the hoof. That's what you want your running backs to look like. You know, you hope the high school stuff translates. And it it shouldn't take you that long to figure out if it's going to translate. Like I said, running back – Of all the position groups, it's usually the easiest one where you find out. It's usually the easiest to translate to, where the skill set translates to the college game. And it's usually the one you find out the quickest, whether a guy can get that skill set to translate from high school to the college game. I mean, think about any great running back in Texas. It didn't take you really long to figure out that they were really good at that position. Even guys that had great starts to their careers that, for whatever reason, uh, fizzled late, you know, the two that really come to mind, man, Chris Warren and Butch Hadnot. those guys when they played early in their careers were really, really good, it just didn't end well for both those guys, not didn't end the way that, you know, when you saw those those, forget flashes, man, those were just like fireworks shots in the air, didn't end the way you thought it would for either one of those guys, but those guys were really good early in their careers, doesn't take you long to figure out what you've got at running back, so really excited to see that room develop, and I'll reiterate again, man, just being out, out, the, out of practice, watching the tight ends go through drills, it just reinforces that Jatavian Sanders and and I, I think I ranked them yesterday. Guys that Texas can least afford to lose, I think number three is Jalen Ford. Number two is Kelvin Banks. And number one is JT Sanders. I think he's the most indispensable player on this roster because if he were to go down, knock on wood, you have nobody else on this roster that can replicate what he does. Not to say you have another left tackle like Kelvin Banks, but you've got enough talent, Cam, like you said, with Cameron Williams and maybe some of those other emerging pieces that maybe you can shuffle some things around Mm -hmm. and put together something that can get by. Uh and in that respect, I might actually rank Jalen Ford ahead of Kelvin Banks because, man, you talk about losing the the heartbeat of your defense, the centerpiece of your defense. And, again, linebacker, I think even less so than edge. You've got talent at, at inside linebacker, not as much as you've got at edge. It's just very inexperienced talent. I mean, at that point, you'd have to say, hey, given Leongo Lafau and Anthony Hill extended reps might be the way to go. But you've got Jalen Ford And he can't afford to lose him, but I I do think JT Sanders is the most indispensable piece Texas has right now on this roster.
1: Is the drop-off from one to two the biggest at the tight end position? I think so, yeah. Because Gunnar Helm is, what, second? And you lose Mm -hmm. the ability, you lose that pass-catching ability that JT Sanders brings and his ability to— get open in space, and break tackles. I think yeah. that's, that's the biggest difference between one and two.
0: Yeah, with Gunnar Helm, you, you can still run 11 personnel yeah. and have a good blocking presence. Uh, and it's not that Gunnar Helm can't catch the ball, but he's not JT Sanders. Just period, point blank, end of story. So uh, when I'm back on Friday, we'll get into a little more Longhorn football. I'll have some more for you, but that uh, that should hopefully whet the appetite while I'm out tomorrow because I've got a feeling it'll be mostly basketball and a little bit of baseball tomorrow as well. Uh, Longhorns did get the win last night. 11 straight. Over UIW. Yep, as Cam said, it is 11 straight. Uh, big series coming up this weekend against Texas Tech. 17-11 to 11 last night. The Longhorns had to break out the bats to uh, to ultimately get the job done, but they did. Uh, you can say what you want about the competition, you just have to beat who's in front of you, and they did that. So now we'll see if that translates into success as the competition kicks back up as you get into Big 12 play. All right.
1: Are you worried about Ace Whitehead as a starter? Do you think that's
0: um, no, I mean, just looking at it last night, I did watch a little bit of the game. I was kind of bouncing back and forth between the world. I was at home working as I was bouncing back and forth between the World Baseball Classic and that, and I just like watching ridiculous movies whenever they're on TV, so I was doing a little bit of that. But, cocaine Bear? Uh No, didn't get to watch, didn't watch Cocaine Bear last night. You know, nobody, I mean, DJ Burke had the best night out of the bullpen, 1.2 innings, uh, walked one, struck out one, two hits allowed in one and two thirds. Uh, you know, Heston Toll came in and, and, you know, wasn't that great. Gave up three earned runs. Ace Whitehead gave up three earned runs. Cody Howard gave up two earned runs. Zane Morehouse gave up two earned runs. Uh, really just kind of buried a pretty solid night by Charlie Hurley out on the mound. So I don't think Whitehead was in the run to start. I think Charlie Hurley's going to be the midweek guy. The, the big question is, does Zane Morehouse stay in that kind of back of the bullpen, that stopper role? That's going to be the big question going forward, and that's something to watch.